There we go. And we are live. All right. Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. On this episode, we're talking about the five senses of the brand. This is part, I should have wrote it down, for it. I don't know. Anyways, we're talking about how does your brand feel? And, uh, you know, we're uh, going to see about how your brand feels. That's it. That's it. That's the show. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> see you later. It feels good. <laughs> I got a feeling. No, in our last episode, uh, we discussed, uh, see, we've been through uh, taste, smell, and sight. And one of the episodes, Nick, you brought up money and how money feels. Oh, and yes, we are here, of course, with our delightful co-host, Michaela Meek. Howdy! <laughs> I almost forgot. Sorry. It's okay. I'll that's the part. Me. That's the part where you jump in and say, hey, stupid. <laughs> I would get fired if I said that. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd be rehired like a minute later. So You, you, you really did speak, skip the introduction yeah yeah i know i did that's my fault but anyways i think you did last episode too but it's okay yeah, yeah you know well a lot you're of just our, so excited to get talking well i, I am because this is a fun one because by the is, way i'm nick shepherd yeah what's up mitch gregory yeah you want to do one too no okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's jason davis talking yeah. that forgets everybody so. yeah yeah i'm the host that doesn't really follow like a syllabus or anything i just kind of like go because i just you know it depends on how many red bulls i've had um but i'm excited about this episode because feel is like red bull is not a sponsor of, of the nerd brand yes podcast, thank you yeah way. yeah not not a, not a sponsor but if they want to be that'd be great yes uh you can contact jason at nerdbrandagency.com no, 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 don't contact jason no no, no. you can edit that out no yeah no <laughs> So anyway, if you have a problem with this show, contact Jason at <laughs> nerdbrainagency.com. Great. Now I can get new emails. All hate mail should go to. <laughs> someone, someone, give him his address. <laughs> so anyway, we talked about money. And Nick, you brought it up. Yes. Money, money has a specific feel and smell. Uh, do you know what paper it's made out of? A cotton blend of some sort. Yeah. And only only because I read your notes. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> as soon as you said that, it was like a cotton blend. And you looked down at the table and I was like, okay, you read it. I did. But yeah, it was actually a point in a uh, a plot in a movie for counterfeiting um, where uh, it was, I think it was Beverly Hill Cops 3? Probably. And where he, <laughs> yeah, where he's like, <laughs> you didn't like that one either, did you? <laughs> I liked one and two. And there's that opinion. I don't blame you. There was, a, it was a little weird. They're going to do a fourth one too, I heard. And I'm like, must we? Uh, but it was about counterfeiting money. And then he had a sample of the paper they were using to print on and it just didn't click what it was. And then he picked up another piece of paper and somebody handed him something in a different scene, like in the act in act three. And he had the two in one in each hand and he noticed the feel and he's rubbing it and he's like, Oh my God. And then he realized and he took a dollar out of his pocket and it was the same material. So you're not supposed to actually use that for anything. It's only for money. You're not supposed to be able to get it. I mean, it, yeah. Un, un, unobtainable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So not only is the ink, the design, and everything else that goes with money, it's the material and how it feels that is specific to the U.S. dollar. So welcome to this episode of Discovery Channel's <laughs> How It Was Made. <laughs> like that's the underlying theme of all of these. Where's Mike Rowe? We need Mike Rowe on here. That's dirty jobs. Yeah. Oh, dirty jobs. Yeah. yeah so. Well, making money is probably a dirty job. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. Oh, it. I, I did watch... I don't know if it was that or if it was different, but it was just like cotton dust going everywhere and they're wearing like masks with respirators and like it's not an environment you walk into and just hang out like, <laughs> you, you know, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> 
just with everything else in this world. So. Yeah. So anyways, what's the role of touch and branding? So define touch as a branding element. Mitch? <laughs> well, I guess first you'd have to, okay, what are, what are some brands that come to mind where the tactile aspect of it is important? Shirts, pajamas. So like clothing. Well, or clothing. Yes. Uh, could you say that when you go shopping, let's say for Levi's or any pair of jeans, is there a feel, particular feel attached to that? I haven't bought a pair of Levi jeans in a while. So. Well, even, well, name a brand. I mean, I may, uh, I may, all I know is when my girlfriend goes shopping, it doesn't matter what the brand is, she's getting the softest, like to feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I for me, it's I guess it's just dress dress shirts. Mm-hmm. I have an expensive taste because I pay attention to thread count and everything, and I don't do that because I like expensive things. I like things that just last. I want to buy something that's going to be with me for like a decade or more. I'm one of those, and uh, you know, so if I go to Brooks Brothers, I get a shirt, or you know, well, I used to, I don't now, but you know, I would get one there because the collars, the way they hold up, the way the whole shirt feels. It, there's a there is a actual tactile difference between that and wearing it versus a shirt that you know in another brand an so, off brand. So basically, you're saying that the way that product feels to you reflects the quality of the product. Yeah, it's not that it's soft. It, it's soft, but it's not that. It's that the fact that it it feels like it was already pressed and made because you know some of these are wrinkle free and I you, I shouldn't iron for a <laughs> lot of reasons. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, it just has a certain professional feel. Like I feel, I feel pretty when I wear it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's true though. uh, There's a lot of clothing brands out there that not only by the look, but the feel that you're like, Hey, I feel like a million bucks right now Mm -hmm. because it looks good. It feels good. Confidence. The the cotton producers for decades now have done campaigns, the look, the feel Mm -hmm. of cotton. I mean, you almost say the word cotton and you feel it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. soft. It's cushy. Uh, another brand that comes to mind, I, they don't do it. I mean, they, they sort of do with the bears, kind of, I, I mean, guess. They've kind of gone another the direction. Bears. <laughs> the, the bears. bears. They've, the bears. They've, they've, <laughs> they've kind of gone a little bit of a different direction somewhat in expressing it. But Charmin, oh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the old ad campaign that they ran for decades was Mr. Whipple, the grocery store manager, who couldn't not I grab that. the package of Charmin and just squeeze it, I which now that. seems a little creepy. But <laughs> <laughs> times have changed. But times have changed. But yeah, I mean, because it was that was its that was its primary selling point. Yeah, that Charmin bath tissue was the softest bath tissue you could find. Yeah, nobody was, cared mm-hmm. how soft it was during COVID. They just went in and like I don't know what, what <laughs> they just bought it all. I don't they know bought great value toilet paper as long as it was toilet yeah. paper. It's just, it's just like the first world Sacrifices said, you know what? Made. I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to buy a bunch of toilet paper. It was a weird moment in our history. Another one that's like that too is even laundry detergent uh-huh. too. They always want to make yeah, downy, well, downy. And, and snuggle. Like, let's snuggle with, well, with well, the bear. It, it always seems to me like snuggle really played up the whole feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that name, snuggle, as a bear, mean, yeah, a little well, teddy bear. Well, even the, the brand name Snuggle. It's it's soft. It's inviting. It's cushy. Mm-hmm. It's warm. It's it's safe. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's comfortable. It's it it puts you at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, and not to like bring up a different sense, but like people talk about gain as it as it smells good, right? Like right. smell the refreshness of gain, or and then this comparison, yeah, it's about how it feels. In my opinion, like. 
that's that's what matters to me is like I want the softness of the blanket. Like it, yeah, it could wa- smell. Wa- wash your clothes without softener and wash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's true, especially things like 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 for, I know my wife, for example, when she does laundry, it's very important that we use fabric softener to her mm-hmm. on bath towels because it does it makes them softer. Mm-hmm. It, it there is a a a noticeable tactile difference when you wash bath towels without fabric softener versus with. Mm-hmm. This is our show on doing laundry, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we can go into the psychology of touch if you want. Well, yeah, you, I mean, if that's, yeah. That, now yeah. somebody's got another example of a brand that they know of when they, it comes to mind when you think of touch. I think it's, uh, one last one is Dove. Like oh, yeah. the, yeah. not the chocolate, <laughs> the the body wash and how it well, leaves you soft and yeah, silky right. skin. It's not how the product feels. It's mm-hmm. how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Nick, do you want to read uh, The Psychology at Touch by uh, what? It's Rick Chil- Chilla. Chilla. Not really, because there is big words in here that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, no. Welcome uh, to my world. <laughs> psychoacoustics is the scientific study of the sound, precipitation, and audiology. This includes speech, music, and other sound frequencies that travel through, through our ears. Windows booting up or shutting down, your your iPhone gives the effect when when closing with a click. You know what that reminds me of? The Office mm-hmm. when Jim pranks Dwight every time he reboots his computer. And I know this is for sound, yeah. But he would give him a treat or a breath mint, yeah. And then one day Dwight just sticks his hand out, and Jim's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> He's like, "I don't know. My mouth just feels terrible." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that up. Yeah. Well, anyways, in psychology today is the power of touch. Uh, more recent studies have found that seemingly insignificant touches yield bigger tips for waitresses. By the way, I'm just reading this. It could be a waiter, but that's just what it says here. Uh, that people shop and buy more if they're touched by a store greeter. I don't know if I would like that. I would not. Boy, I never this... walk into Walmart and give the greeter a hug like, I mean, hi. Like what <laughs> I said earlier, like times have changed. I don't want, like it was something familiar back whenever I was a kid to do, but I don't know. No, I, I, I think you're right. Changed. I think you're right. Especially, I mean, it, 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 it's probably changed over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. but I think more so post COVID. Yeah. Nobody ain't touching nobody. No, mm-hmm. no, they're not. Yeah. True. Well, this study was done. I forget the date that it was done, but it was, it was pre 2020. Um, anyways, like to help someone, uh, so by a store greeter and that strangers are more likely to help someone if a touch accompanies the request, uh, call it the human touch, a brief reminder that we are at our core social animals. Um, there was a, there's a book that you can also look at and I guess as a companion to this series is that, uh, the five love languages and every, it covers the five, well, not necessarily the five senses, but touch is one of the senses. Um, people that communicate, sometimes they They'll touch the arm or they'll interact with the person they're talking to. And you start to judge like, okay, that's their love language. Mm-hmm. Like Mitch, I think yours is gifts. Uh, Michaela is, I think, quality time. Mm-hmm. and figured out Nick yet. And then uh, Jonathan is words of affirmation. Mine's actually touch. Mm-hmm. But I don't want a stranger touching me. <laughs> well, it's also, <laughs> but, it's, but it's one of those, but it's one of those that that's, that's a dangerous one because, you know, I had a friend, he struggled with like not like 
not it's not an appropriate touch. It's just some people just, you know, they have a bubble and stay out of it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be sensitive to the room, right? Read the room and then that person doesn't respond that way. But this isn't actually this this book uh, is a very old book, by the way, by uh, Dave Chapman, I think. Yes. I know his last name Chapman. Yeah. So and they had variations that came out later for singles and married couple but at the core, just get the one that just says the five love languages. Um, and and you start to figure out pretty quickly, like, okay, this is how you can start to read people. It's actually an excellent way for to learn, I think, communications. Right. Um, and figuring out the person you're working with, even. Um, but, you know, in this sense, yeah, um, to loop back on it, I, I don't go into Walmart and hug the greeter. <laughs> I don't want them to hug me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you call dad anymore? Well, uh, I, treat every, I treat everybody like it's... Uh, like we're on the football field, you know, I just yeah. smack him in the butt and say, hey, good job. <laughs> good game. <laughs> All right. We'll make a note of that because we need to bail I'm him just out. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Who's your emergency call first, me or Mitch? <laughs> have a lawyer on speed dial. Yeah. I have one on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a dollar. Uh, well, again, uh, with touch, like uh, Michaela, you mentioned of body wash, leaving your skin smooth. Um did you play with Legos as a kid at all? Or I did. Actually, I used to babysit a little boy who is actually blind, and that was the toy that he would always want to play. He was very he wanted to play with all different sorts of sensory objects, like anything that he could squish or anything that had like nuts and bolts that he can loosen, any sort of like um, these puzzles that have like chain link things or uh, different ways to lock a door or... Mm-hmm. He would play with all those, and he, his favorite, of course, were Legos and his Lego people, and he would... This kid is so smart. He would know the Lego people based off of the texture. Wow. Of like he's like, "Oh, that's the fireman." I'm like, "How do you know it's fireman?" He's like, "Oh, cuz the hat." Yeah, he can feel the shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they say, you know, you if you lose one sense, mm-hmm. your others are heightened. Mm-hmm. His sense of hearing is so, like he'll hear me like walk in and he'll hear my voice from the entry of the house and he's like on the other side of the house yeah. or even footsteps he can base who's coming into the room based off of footsteps if you've been around him for a while right so it's just one smart kid love him to death oh crap now my example is going to feel so superficial <laughs> <laughs> don't say it I win <laughs> yeah you do winner winner chicken dinner yeah, yeah, yeah Michaela gets all the points there um so no mine was actually cars <laughs> Why? Vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, but I always like... I've talked what, does about, a, what does a new car feel like? Well, I was going to talk about like driving a Corvette and, and the different generations. Like the the fourth generation was sold between 1983, which those were all smashed up except for one and a half. And the half is at the plant. That's the actual story. Maybe another day. Anyway, uh, and to 1996. And driving that is like driving a um, F1 car, like racer. I mean, you feel everything. You hit a nickel, you can get change. (laughs) Uh, And it was just, but it was so enjoyable. But the exhaust was also right behind you. But, I mean, every part of the road from your foot on the accelerator to the steering wheel, you felt it because this was before the age of drive-by-wire. But, yeah, our next episode is uh, going to appeal to the sense of sound, which Nick alluded to with, you know, the iPhone and how it clicks when it closes. Like, that's a very specific sound, Windows. Did I read the wrong one? Yeah, you did. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. We'll edit that out. Well, just edit that out and put it on the other one. Yeah. I am so sorry. Yeah, because that'll be easy for me to do. But anyways, Why didn't you stop me? Because, you know, you were going and so confident. and I think I you forgot you put your notes over here. I did. Yeah, you were so confident. I just couldn't do oh, it. Oh, man. Did we cover enough on touch? No. 
Not really. I mean, we kind of like one of the other notes I had was feeling a Dyson vacuum grinding on a hardwood floor. Well, gliding on a hardwood floor. I need to get new glasses. I'm sitting over here reading the old notes like, okay. I'm- I guess I need to get a Dyson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, so if it feels good, it's memorable to you and leaves an imprint on you. Therefore, that can trigger later for a purchase. That's pretty much how we're concluding for that. That's what touch can do. So basically it does the same thing as smell and taste. It kind of brings back a memory and can lead you to back to another purchase. Well, and with certain brands, feel is more important than others. It's especially important, I think, probably for products that have a direct relationship, if not with the product itself, but what that product does as far as how you use it, what its what its end result is. is like, I mean, we've talked about um, Dove. I mean, shampoos and conditioners, leaving your hair, how it feels, you know, uh, razors. I think, oh, yeah. I think razors are for men and women are a, are a big uh, tactical, tactical, tactile. Tactile. Uh, <laughs> have, there's a huge tactile aspect to them because of, I mean, I hate shaving because I've got skin like a, like a eight year old. It's it, you could, you could punch through it with a, a toothpick. Um, there, mm-hmm. there, there is a feel that cold mm-hmm. metal iron feel. So not just from our, from our vantage point, it's not just the mindset that you put the consumer in. It's a mindset that we have to occupy when we're developing the branding for these things. Mm-hmm. Those are, there's characteristics that we think about that probably the average consumer never consciously considers. Right. But it's because in order to do our job well, we really have to get into those nooks and crannies of the thought process to build uh, uh, build brand elements that carry effectively yeah. the messaging. It's 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 it is fascinating. It's yeah. really fascinating yeah, to think about it. And you know, on the sales side of things, when you're when you talk to somebody they're like, oh, well, I don't need a brand change. Well, we're not talking about changing your brand, but let's identify who you are. And, you know, like like you say in something I talk to to potential clients about is how how can we do it organically? You know, that's a big word for, for you to say, no, it's a big, <laughs> it, it, it's a big word that I've heard you use time and time again, where I'm like, okay, this is very important in the branding side. So, you know, it's not just about branding. It's not just about marketing. It's about us learning your business and how we can get you to grow. Yeah. Cause people don't think about how they look or how they come across or their tone. And, and they just think like, well, I'm, my logo is And the standards, you got to have standards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we deal with that. I deal with this all the time when I sit in web, if I do work on a website, I'm waiting to be fed information so that I know what to do. I'm, I, I have no opinion on what I really don't have an opinion. Like there's certain standards because I care about users, but that's user experience. But when it comes to like, what it looks like or whatever. I'm expecting you to have that worked out. Don't ask me to make it brown because if you ask me that, I'm just going to pick a brown. There's literally <laughs> in code, I can pipe out the word brown and the background will be brown. Whatever that will look like. I got a feeling you're you talking to me about this. Are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pick a hex code. I'm not going to pick a code to get the color close to your brand. That's not the kind of, I'm not, I'm a web developer. Again, I've said before, we don't care what it looks like. We just care it works. That's all we care about. <laughs> So, well, we do care about what it looks like. Well, but. yeah, but it's a different headspace, you know, and that's why when you get into branding and you're talking to people, their headspace is, oh, he's talking about my logo or he's talking about my website. And we're not. We're talking about how your consumers see you 
and how we can actually broaden right. that base. Yeah, and it's not just what how, and and we're covering it in this in the topics in this series. It's not just how they see you with their eyes. It's how they see you in your mind. And all of these different aspects of your senses build that vision in their mind. And perception is reality. The way that consumer sees you in their head, whether you realize it or not, that's who you are. This goes back to what you were saying about the importance of branding and what that means. Branding isn't how you, as a brand, see yourself. It's how you are perceived out there in the larger world. That's why businesses, I think, have a hard time with it because they're thinking Google ads, website, SEO, you know, social. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't even get near that because we're dealing with something that's abstract that actually influences the buyer decision, the purchase decision, and they can't get their head around that. And I'm like, you do it every day as a consumer. Everybody in this country does it every single day as a consumer. It's second nature to you because you trust that brand. You'd pick it up off the shelf without thinking about it because yeah, that's, you trust it. That's the most enviable position to be in as a brand when people trust you enough. You've, you've, you've built on each of those senses to the highest level possible so that people have developed through repetition with your brand. Enough trust they don't even really consciously think about it when they walk past the shelf. Yeah. I always need that. I'm always going to need it. I'm just going to grab it. You want not just new customers. That's what everybody thinks about. You want repeat customers and you want those customers to tell other people for you. That's where brand ambassador comes in that they should try that brand. Right. And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now you've got an engine out there that's kind of running your marketing well, on the pavement. <laughs> you know, what's funny and this is a little off topic, but you know, we talk about brand ambassadors and we think influencers and people that do it all. That's all they do is yeah. go out there touting the, the benefits of a particular brand. Brand ambassadors aren't always necessarily beating the drum. A brand ambassador is somebody who's going to give you their opinion mm-hmm. when they ask for it, not necessarily just constantly doing it. Oh, you just may express a need, and they'll, yeah. it'll come to their mind. Well, have you tried X? Yeah, they're not salespeople. They're, right. not, they're not selling you. They're not pitching you. That's not what the ambassadors do. Yeah, I appreciate you clar- clarifying that. Well, but there's, there's, you know, people, we think about brand ambassadors from this side of the table that it's influencers and people that are paid spokespeople. Or whatever the people that, that have just, probably never even tried your product. Well, well, but just people right. that are people that that's when they're in the in they're they're always in the process of always doing that. But the best brand ambassadors is your next door neighbor who you just happen to in conversation raise. You know, I'm I need a new weed whacker, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, I just bought this brand new, and you should really go look at this brand." You know, I'm that is end, a brand ambassador. I think I'm going right. in the podcast. I think I'm in this episode right there on weed whacker. Weed whacker. <laughs> weed whacker. <laughs> So if you've enjoyed this episode, you know where to find us. And here's Michaela. We want to thank our listeners to this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. You can check out this episode and future ones at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Or head Apple Podcasts or Spotify app and search for Nerd Brand and download and subscribe. We'll see you next week. And remember, keep your nerd brand strong. Did you know everything is an ad? What do you mean? All expressions related to a brand are an ad. You just blew my mind. Yeah, don't let overthought advertising strategies get you down. Just have your why and a budget and leave the rest to the nerds. To chime in on all the latest branding and advertising pointers, listen to the Nerd Brand Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more.